Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's Mall Over Podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you the news, views, and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at Mall Over Podcast, Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and as you've already heard, we are a proud part of the Sports Podcast Network a network of excellent sports podcasts of all genres where you can listen to all sorts of different people talk about all sorts of different sports. Uh, this week, I am joined by the nicest man in Cornish Rugby Podcasting, Ben Eustace. Welcome, Ben. Hello. And everyone's favourite uh, podcast curmudgeon is the Chinese Lensman. Welcome, Doug. Hello. You are right. Yeah, man. Hectic week. Hectic, hectic week. Well, before we before we get into my hectic weekend, let's just talk about your hectic week. Because on Wednesday night at Chinna, yeah. which is between Oxford and Hemel Hempstead, is that not Hemel Hempstead? Oxford and Aylesbury, something like that. That's right. Yeah, Oxford, Aylesbury, Wickham. That that sort of way is uh, Chinna versus the RAF in one of their RAF inter-service warm-up games. Yeah, is that is that fair <clears> to say? Yeah, um, not sure what the sides will be, but. That's by the by. What you should be watching for is um, the beginning of a project that could bring more rugby into your lives in in a televisual manner. We're trying to get a, um, a little thing up and running. Uh, we had a few. We did a test event last week. It was a few glitches, so we've enlisted the help of um, some rather big players in the rugby broadcasting world to help with this, just to get us off the ground, and then. Going forward, we're going to go back to a more um, nimble mobile production. Um, but this week, uh, there shouldn't be any technical gremlins, so it should be a, a, a good, a good week. Awesome. And where can people find this when they when they well, watch? Well, I've actually stitched my own podcast up, and we're going with um, the Egg Chasers YouTube channel. So we've got Tim Cocker from the Egg. Chase is going to come down. He's going to be hosting it along with Laura Jane Jones, who's, you know, ex-Sky and, and and does a lot of stuff with world rugby at the moment. And then uh, we'll have Rupert Cox, who used to commentate on Sky Rugby and is now one of the World Rugby Sevens commentators commentating. So, um, yeah, should be, a, should be a good show. And we'd uh, ideally like some feedback after it because... We want to try and, it sounds really cliche, but we want to try and get away from the traditional method of 
of broadcasting we want to fit somewhere in between the bt model and the sky old sky model so um not stuffy men in suits but also not um not the sort of in joke lad banter well there's, there's room for that but we we want it to be more sort of um um accessible in, accessible and inclusive we want, we want it to feel like a rugby production that's um being made by people who play local rugby rather than you know the upper echelons of rugby or, society yeah i know i know what you mean and what what time what time is all that kicking off mate uh so the broadcast will start at seven o'clock we've got a half hour build up and then we're going to go into the game which starts at seven uh we'll have a little bit of a halftime show in the second half and then we'll do a, a wrap at the end and uh, we'll chat to some people we both know russ um cool to to wrap the show up so we should all be done you know sort of 10 15 minutes after full time so yeah if you've got several devices that can all run youtube get them all streaming it so that we can uh, sell that to other people absolutely so if you're listening to this make sure from seven o'clock on Wednesday evening, you've got the Egg Chasers Rugby YouTube. So make we'll sure you go and subscribe to that. Account. Yeah, we will, yeah. But make sure you go and subscribe and click that notification bell. I know people, all the golf people on YouTube say click the notification so you can see when people post stuff. And uh, and then you won't forget. And uh, yeah, we can support Doug. And then you never know, you know, if things go well, you might even see me and Ben on some stuff at some point in the future. Uh, I Who knows? I would not count that out. Lovely. <laughs> right. Um yeah, so definitely before, be a free stream that one. Yeah. <laughs> before, before we uh before we get into the weekend's premiership action, I, I'm gonna very talk talk very quickly about my experience at the weekend. Um returning to first team action for the first time in probably eight or nine weeks since my last go. Um and a bit of injury, um, only for Nuki to get their asses handed to us. Um by Columpton, it was it was quite the show. Columpton are a very good side, I must admit. Um, very direct, very forceful, very powerful, and we just couldn't live with them. And to the point where we lost uh, 87-10 at home to Columpton in the Cornwall-Devon League. Um, it was hard work, lots of tackling. And as a 39-year-old man, I'm very, very stiff today. Are Columpton but- actually any good? Yeah, well, they were. I thought they were good, mate. I mean, they were they were as good as we were disjointed. I would suggest, but in that Cornwall Devon League, there's there's very much sort of two leagues within a league. There's the top four or five who look like they are far and away better than anybody else that could go into Western Counties, and then there's the teams in the bottom half, the bottom five or six that could all go into their respective. Um, county only leagues like Cornwall one or Devon one or whatever. So it was, it was hard work, but I, what I will say is for all of the, the arsing that we got, uh, I managed to put Perry in for a try, managed to get a little, little two on one, draw the man, put Perry in, in the corner, which was nice combined age of 72, getting over, getting over the line. And, um, to come out of it injury free, I actually really enjoyed it. Like we got humping, but plenty of hard tackling, a beer afterwards. Again, I know we talk about being a long time retired and stuff, but it was it was really good fun. Um, not getting a not getting a pumping, just 
being out on the pitch. So uh, chances are I'm going to stick around for the rest of the season if selected. And uh, <laughs> until your marshmallow head suffers again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't had that many concussions, so I should be all right. Um, but yeah, there you go. So that that was my weekend. Well done to Perry for uh, for his for his try and coming back and for lasting most of the game without getting injured. It's the first time I've played with Perry where he's not pulled a hamstring, I think. So uh, that's that's a real positive. Um, did I mention last week about uh, a work colleague of mine when I was at a um, a work event a couple of weeks ago at Sandy Park? Uh, a guy called Alex Bull. So hello to Alex, um, came up to me who recognised my voice at a work event and said, uh, are you Russ from the All Over podcast? And uh, yeah, ra- random work event and you get your voice recognised. I never thought I'd see the day, but you used to play for Did Old Red. Say, yeah, I, I am a big deal. I am a big deal. <laughs> no, I am a big cunt. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he, um, <clears throat> we had a good chat, like... We, we spent a couple of days uh, together at the event and it was, it was good. I used to play for old reds in Bristol, Ben, you know, very well. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. Got, got my ass kicked there. Yeah. I think we both have. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, so hello to Alex and, th- and thanks for listening. Um, let's, shall we get on? Let's go on to some weekend's action. Ben, Friday night, Bath versus Harlequins. Now I can't imagine there were many people, if any, out there that picked a home win for Bath on Friday night. That's that's two on the bounce. It is. Yeah, there's so few people out there that picked a win for Bath on Friday night. I didn't even watch it. Man. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, good judgment call from me there. But, um, well, it's, it's the kind of thing that happens um, in the Six Nations period, doesn't it? Um, but you would hope that Bath were eventually going to kind of claw themselves out of the hole that they were in because despite it not being the most inspiring Bath squad of, of all time, it does have some pretty decent players in it. Um, by all accounts, um, Spencer turned up to the show. and the addition, played very well. Really yeah, good. And, and the addition of Hughes is always going to help, um, especially with, you know, Underhill. So it sounds like he's out for the foreseeable now. Um, so, you know, it's a bit of a sort of, uh, ballast in the back row. Um, but you know, uh, Spencer, a Jomo, admittedly a Jomo doesn't play a 10 very often. Red Path I was Joseph. really, I was really impressed with a Jomo. I mean, um, with Redpath every- playing 12, I thought it was interesting that, that they picked a Jomo in, in that position rather than, um, had him played than, there since he was 16. Yeah, but I thought he was more of a centre. So that's, that's, that's poor on me. But you know what I really enjoyed about Jomo was his um, the subtlety of passing. I thought his passing of both hands was really good. I think just watching him over the, over the weeks, that there is um, an element of a, a 10 in him in that, like you say, he's a good passer. He pretty much he's he's not shy of kicking, um, you know, like a short get kicking game at least, and 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 he's definitely not going to die wandering. I mean, he's he's a tr- he's he's going to try things. Um, so if he was confident playing ten, I mean, Redpath is a is a classical twelve, isn't he? He's, yeah. So you might as well play your 
your Scotland international at his best position. Um, and, you know, Joseph is playing in his best position. Um, so it, it, you're not compromising a, a strength to, to bolster somewhere else. Um, and, you know, if, if he can carry on playing well, then might save them a bit of money in the long run because, you know, Orlando Bailey's done all right. and Well, it, it certainly increases their options, doesn't it? Yeah. And when you've got the likes of, of Spencer, I thought Rocket de like it was a real, I don't know what you think, Doug, but it was a really, it was a really workmanlike performance from, from Bath. They really dogged it out. And every time in that first half, every time Quinn's got the ball, which wasn't very often, they put together a few phases and scored. Like they, they, they scored the, the try in the corner. Was it, um, was it Lamb that scored it? And then he went off, went off straight away, and then Bath dominated possession and territory again without scoring. And then right, almost right on the half, Quinn's break go down the other end and score again. And you just think, same old Bath, sort of soft, bit of a soft underbelly, and and can't take the chances. But they they clung on and they they dogged out and they came out in the second half a completely different team. Yeah, I think they. Um... For for all the for all the uh, ability in the back row in the in the backs, their their forward packs largely been unaffected by international call ups, and I, I thought that you know the second row pairing McNally and um, who's the other second row? Help me out, Williams. Williams. I thought they were immense all night. Yeah, um, Mike I Williams know, is usually a penalty machine as well, and he's a bit of a liability sometimes. But he did. Yeah, well. they they were they were brilliant all night. Just so much graft, and you you could tell like that. It, it's odd to say about someone like Josh, who who sort of I think he's just largely one of those sort of English second rows that will just go unnoticed, despite the amount of work rate you get get through, just because there's so many players like him. Yeah, I think he plays to that level pretty much every time he steps on the field. Yeah, you don't noticeably see, and you know we we've spoken to Josh before, and you know RAF and that sort of stuff. But I don't think I've ever s- watched Josh in a match and seen him have a bad game. No, he's got a level, and and that's what you're going to get every single time. Yeah, um, yeah. It, he'll walk on the pitch, they'll kick off and he'll look fucked. And then 80 minutes later, he'll look the same level of fucked. But he'll yeah. have covered 40 kilometres in a game, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was immense. Um, I was also really impressed. I, I thought Hamer Webb played well on, on the wing. He's a large man as well. He doesn't look it on telly, but he is a large unit. <laughs> nice. I, I've not I've not seen him. And, and he's been around that squad for quite a while, hasn't he? Was he in the seven setup for a while, Hamer Webb? That that I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I don't know. Um, and the other guy who I'm always really impressed with when I've watched him is Tom Ellis. It's six. I think he's he's been fantastic. Um, but let, let's you know the main sort of talking point. The main the main guy was Nathan Hughes. Now you could you could almost tell right from the very start that it, um, if he had any sort of game, he was going to get man of the match. Because BT were desperate to talk to him afterwards, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They they wanted they wanted an interview with him, and it just so happened, you know, it transpired that he had a decent game. Um, I mean, I thought probably Josh was was 
as good, if not better, as far as man of the match and maybe even Ben Spencer. But it was always going to happen, wasn't it? It was the fairy tale story. And when he smashed Esther Hazen, that was that was like a, a collision of a couple of planets. But um, it was good to see. And do you think, Ben, that, that Hughes could could make himself a, you know, another couple of seasons at Bath? Do you think, do you think he'd make himself a little career there for a bit? I mean, he'd probably be injured within six weeks. But, um, I mean, they're not going to invest in him for a long time. But, <clears throat> like I say... They're in it for a good time. Exactly. That's precisely what I was going to say. Um, but, you know, if if Underhill, like we say, we, we don't really know when he's coming back. Falatau's obviously off, so might be might be worth looking at. Um, but as you also say, you've got quite a few young bat rowers coming through um, as well. So do they actually need to? Probably worth Probably worth it if I'm honest, especially if um, they don't want to finish in the bottom two again. Depends on the financials, though, I guess. Yeah. Um, but good stepping stone, good stepping stones of Bath. Signs of life. Yes, it's against a, sort of a, a semi-depleted Quinns. No Smith, no um, Don Brandt. But you would have thought with the the, the players they had available that, that they would have had enough to to get it done um the likes of green i mean green struggled under the high ball ben spencer's box kicking had tyrone green in all sorts of problems um and they were they were did, just did, did eddie see it <laughs> i think people made sure that eddie saw it well i don't know if anyone if eddie could let me know if he saw tyrone green's attempted tackle on the mule try in the far left corner because that wasn't great I, I I don't remember the specific attempt. Was it was it rather weak? Well, it was um, it was Andrews esque. <laughs> was it was it like a was it a weak arm? Go on, go on then, yeah, Will. Yeah, like Here you go. He he was sold, you know, sold by a sidestep that you could have pulled off, Russ. <laughs> you, I I haven't got a sidestep. You, you've <laughs> thrown that dummy, and I'm very much buying it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the offer. I'll take it. <laughs> Is that fifty percent off? <laughs> right. Let Let's move on. Let's move on. Well done to Bath. Let's uh, say second win of the season. Let's move on because we're on a bit of a, a tight time frame because Dougie has got his uh, important week. And he's got some stuff lined up that he's got to do. So let's fly through Saturday's game. Doug, you were uh, working. Were you working at Worcester or in the uh, the BT, the the video hub? Uh, yeah, Saints? I was in. I was in High Wycombe for Worcester v Saints, a game in which Northampton Saints singularly proved that they are better than an absolutely awful Worcester Warriors team. And a di- a, a new era, a diamond era, Worcester. I mean, yeah. that didn't that didn't take long, did it? Well, I, no, but I also, I cannot imagine that there are many of those um, Worcester players that will be around this time next year. Um, they were so soundly beaten that if Steve Diamond slept more than 10 minutes since that happened, I would be, I would just be amazed. I'd be absolutely amazed. It, it was It was so bad from Worcester and they only really got going sort of 20 minutes from full time. But, I mean, they, they just offered nothing, absolutely nothing. In both attack and defence? Yeah. Um, 
the the Mitchell try picks up from a ruck and just goes for a, a gap that with every step he took got wider. It was it was almost like they were like the defenders were thinking, well, I tell you what, rather than try and tackle this fella, we'll just run away from him. After which, you know, I was there for, but um, yeah, not not a great look from from Worcester. Very much felt like uh, they were almost ready for holidays, or uh, you know, already already mailing it in. Yeah, yeah, and like I say, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them had some bad news delivered um, from from. Uh, Diamond in the week, as in, yeah, you're not going to be here much longer, lads. So, you know, enjoy it. Idea for a show. Diamond <laughs> in the diamond in the rough. <laughs> um, Steve Diamond scours South Africa to replace bang average English <laughs> rugby players. <laughs> oh, I mean that that could actually work if you don't do it. If you don't do it, BT will. <laughs> you do it in a pub car park. Um and. London Irish beat Exeter 18-14. I didn't watch this. Exeter zipped out into a a 14-0 lead. But London Irish are strong at home and they are largely unaffected by international call-ups as well. Um, And I think that, you know, of of all the teams, when when you look at Bath, when you look at London Irish, when you look at Wasps, who will come on to, um, and Sale, it... All largely unaffected by Six Nations international call-ups, and it and it's a time where they can really start to close the gap on on that top four. I mean, Gloucester Gloucester beat Newcastle away Saturday night. Reece Samet scored a, a wonder try, um, but I mean, London Irish's fixtures as as they come up, they've got. Um, Gloucester away this Saturday, then Bristol, then they're home to Saracens away at Sale. They they could legitimately be close to the top four by the time um, by the time the Six Nations finish. As can Wasps, who you know obviously beat Saracens on on Sunday, um, but they go to Exeter. They play Bath, Quinns, and Bristol in the next four weeks. So, what do you think? You know. I'm not even sure what sort of question I want to ask here, but uh, the, do you think this Six Nations is going to be worse than other years for um, having an impact for teams that are actually losing their players? Um, I don't really want to get into already. I, we seem to have a habit of saying this is going to be shit. This is going to be shit. I don't want to get into a habit of um, of that. So, I don't think it's going to be worse than any other year in no. terms of the effect it has. Well, I don't. I didn't really want to say it. I wasn't going down the road of it's going to be shit because having you know you endure. We've endured two weeks of European rugby, which has been which has actually been really shit. Not really any close, many close games like the, the odd one here or there. But actually, and they said this on the egg chasers last on on the episode from yesterday, and and I agree with it, is that. At least within the Premiership, you're almost guaranteed competition. Obviously, you you mentioned Worcester versus Saints there, which may have been a bit of an outlier this weekend. But all the other games, you know, Newcastle, uh, was it Newcastle 22, 
um let me get this things back um i've lost the i've lost the website but newcastle 22 uh bristol uh, sorry gloucester 32 london irish 18 exeter 14 there was the close game on friday night which was a one score game and then you had the games on sunday that was you know wasps 26 saracens 20 and then the the game at sale now what what anybody wants is is competition if you're selling a product you want it to be competitive and i think having the game that we'll come on to in a minute on on ITV as well as um regular competitive fixtures i actually don't think the premiership is anywhere near as bad as it has been for a little while in terms of competition and in terms of of intensity and and actually a a, a skill level yeah it's been pretty close for a long time though hasn't it 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 just so happened you had saracens and exeter who were pretty outstanding at one stage but we've been saying for years like other than those two teams it's you know between third and eighth or ninth place is usually pretty much pretty savagely fought and it it might just be that there isn't quite such an outstanding team this year um and it's um you know it's probably spread between three arguably four teams um rather than there being two so it it possibly feels a little bit closer than than it has done in the past um and you've also got maybe the internationals i've got no scientific way of proving this but maybe the internationals are coming from fewer teams than normal so perhaps that's even out for the next couple of weeks i don't know whether it's a good thing i mean it's a good thing for, for the league but whether it's strictly fair i don't know because you're almost being rewarded for being a bit average but um it's you cut it off accordingly don't you that's just the way yeah. it's just the way it is that's just the way it is but it's, um, it's always been the way it's not like it's a new thing that the premiership's just brought in it's been like that forever isn't it yeah but i just think i just think the, the quality is a little bit more in general you know where we've seen teams already by you know over the last two two seasons just completely tossing it off by this period of the year because they're like, well, yeah, we're not going to win anything, so we're just not going to bother. It feels more competitive than it's done over the last couple of years. Maybe maybe it's just a bit of optimism off the back of of the European weeks, but you know, I, I enjoyed all the rugby I watched this weekend. I, I enjoyed all of it. Um. I especially enjoyed Sale Leicester yesterday, but if you we'll come if on you to that. if you think I know we're a short time, but if you if you kind of think back though, Russ, it, probably in every season up to this point or pro- before last season, certainly you would have had one game, perhaps two, in every week where you pretty much knew the result. Yeah, Saracens were going to batter someone, and Exeter were going to batter someone, and unless they were playing each other or possibly one or two other teams away from home. Then it was it was almost a foregone conclusion. But you you don't go to even into a Quinns game. Quinns probably being the strongest side at the moment. But you don't go into one of their games pretty much sure they're going to win. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very much an anyone can beat anyone, and and the Bath result on Friday night kind of just typifies that. Mm. Um, 
But after those early signs of life, Worcester are uh, uh, reverted to type clearly. Um, but I, let's just, let... I, I think I think I think it's more of a a, a case of every team is going to have those up and downs, and the teams that will be good are the ones that are going to have the least amount of up and downs. But Worcester have over the years been the team that has always been the most up and down of all the up and down teams. So why would anyone think that there'd be anything different? The teams will be the most successful will be the teams that have the least up and down of all the teams that have up, ups and downs. Is that what we're saying? Is that what yeah. you said? Yeah. Okay. Some Something along those lines. That doesn't lines. make sense to you. I can't help you, I'm afraid. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, as Ben said, I know we're we're short we're short on time tonight, so we're good. we're going to rattle through. Which um, is my fault too. Mate. No, it's not. No, you've got important important business to take care of, and uh, nobody really wants a whole hour and twenty <laughs> I minutes. You were going to say nobody really wants to do this anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know that's semi true. Um, but Least let's of all, let, Phil. Yeah, well, yeah, Phil hasn't even bothered to show up tonight. The absolute amoeba. Right, <laughs> let's. Um, Let's move on, right? Let's move on to Sale versus Leicester because this was um, ITV's first premiership game of their new five-game deal or or whatever it was that they've signed. I don't know the ins and outs of it. But what... Never let it be said that we're not prepared. Well, but the people don't come to us. People don't listen to us for preparation, Douglas. Yeah, but you could have ended that after listen to us. <laughs> That's true. Um, but what an advert for um, for Premiership Rugby as a, as a as a game. I thought as as a as a a competitive fixture, it was absolutely brilliant, and it had a little sort of dusting of of everything. Um, I've seen some stuff around engagement um, numbers and you know what it actually means over the longer term. God only knows, but. You know, sort of sales reported, you know, a thousand percent increase in in website hits and um, ticket sales for future matches have, have increased exponentially off the back of off the back of that. There was a full house at uh, the AJ Bell, which doesn't happen very often. Um, but then you can think, well, how often do they have a game on a Sunday afternoon? Probably not as often as they have a game on a Friday night. But all signs were pointing towards a real positive outcome. Of, of this match in general and you know as i say as a as a fixture it was really really good um so would have been kicking themselves in the first half 18-5 down leicester almost out of sight mcginty they're not able to get anything going revolving door rob Dupria, definitely the most bullied of all the Dupria brothers <laughs> um Although that shocking try they conceded wasn't anything to do with him, was it? No, it wasn't. It was uh, the Guy Porter try. Yeah. Where it was um, Will Cliff and somebody else. um, It might have been the other winger. Was it McGuigan or was it um, Barry Roebuck who who fell off the tackle? It was a good handoff from, um, from Porter. But Leicester were really good first half, and, and I thought Freddie Burns had a good game. Like he controlled things. He he didn't make too many Bur- Freddie Burns like mistakes, and you know Leicester were comfortable at halftime. But Hello? excuse me, that was uh, all of the computers in the office going mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, but second half, uh, all that can 
can really be described is Leicester shitting the bed, Ben, I think. It's probably the, the best phrase for it. Yeah, seems fair. Um, they they took Burns off pretty early. Um, I think Dunk said in our group it was perhaps that their game plan was working rather than he was particularly playing out of his skin. Um, uh, but maybe but, I, I did, maybe he just wasn't playing really shit. Yeah, I mean, they almost overdid it a little bit. They 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 had a plan to sort of pin sail back and. And they were literally kicking from just outside the sale 22. Um, and, and they probably left a couple of chances out there doing so. But it was effective. Um, but sale just seemed to have a, another case of the dick fingers, really. And once they cut that out, then um, they soon got back into it. Um, they bought... Uh, Langdon on at hooker and he kind of gave them a little bit of impetus um bringing Sam James on I think was a a good move as well Um, it it puzzled me that they started with Sam James on the bench and Dupree at 13 it makes no sense to me yeah I don't I I don't know how fit he is but um you know I think uh that that they just sort of sharpen their act up as much as anything and 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 Leicester kind of just did the opposite and kind of slowed down. Yeah. Um, is it Dan Dupree, isn't it? The the number eight. I, I thought he was brilliant. Again, I think Phil picked yeah. him up a couple of weeks ago, but he's he's very hard to bring down. He's quite old-fashioned as a number eight, which isn't yeah, a bad scored thing. The, he scored the charge down try, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Luke James scored a lovely try in the first half. He, he, he does seem to have a habit of just running into the odd uh, dead end a little bit, but... Um, I thought he played pretty well as well. Um, in terms of of, of Leicester, um, poor Hegarty got sort of given a poison chalice and put in at ten, um, and it didn't go very well from there. Um, but again, they're they're missing a lot of players, they, and they probably, you know, they weren't expecting to be short of George Ford until no. until Farrell got injured. So perhaps they didn't have quite as much. Oh, they yeah. would have had some forward planning, but, you know, perhaps not as much as they... Caught, um, caught short a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, even, like, you know, Chesham was quite a surprise call-up. Um, so, you know, they aren't... They Did they get one bonus point or two in the end? But um, uh, just one, I think. But, yeah. you know, they probably aren't... They, they will be gutted because they lost after being so far ahead, but actually it's not the worst result from that game. Doug, Doug, Doug's literally smashing up his office. No, no. <laughs> Kev has just come in. He's uh, who I work with, and uh, I'm going to have to bolt. Right, mate. Well, listen, best of luck Cheers. for Wednesday. We'll all be watching. Um, and, yeah, make sure, everyone, that you check out the YouTube. Um, we will see you later. Cheers, man. Sorry I've got a bolt. See you later. Speak to you all next week. Cheers, bye. Cheers, bye. 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 So yeah, it's that's that's a couple of defeats on the bounce now for Leicester. Equally as Bath were um, two wins on the bounce. That's just a couple of defeats on the bounce now for Leicester. I don't see it being too much of a problem for them. They've got quite a buffer um, at the top of the Premiership now, and they should be should be fairly set. 
for a top four position. But you, you know, we know we don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Um, but a, a surprise result came at, at the Rico, where uh, a, a 450-year-old Jimmy Gopeth-led Wasps managed to cause an upset against the Saracens. Um, they're just not as fearsome as they used to be, Saracens, are they? And even though they've still got an exceptional squad, the the big sort of aura that used to follow them round just doesn't, it's just not quite there anymore. Would you say that was fair? Yeah, because they're, they're not as good. Well, no, they're not. Yeah. But they've um, still got, I mean, look, look, you look at their, look at their pack. You've got both of the Polars. You've got um, Swinson. You've got Cock. You've got uh, Hunter Hill. You've got Earl. Walsh, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still decent. Still a good pack. Well, it's, they, they are decent. They're second in the league, but they aren't. They aren't, well, you know, and Doug, Doug would, if Doug was still here, he'd tell us his exact reason why. But they're, they're not the team that won the, um, you know, all those European Cups and won the league for so many seasons. It's a bit like, um, you know, someone like Man United or Chelsea, you know, they're still a top four or five premiership team, but they're not as scary as they were when they were winning European Cups. Um, you know, you say, you know, Hunter Hill and Swinson, all right, fair enough. But, you know, that is not a Toje and Cruz. And, True. and you know, the, the Polars maybe have lost a little bit of their shine now. Um, you know, they're not probably as feared as they were. Um, you've got, you know, you've, you've, there's no Wigglesworth and Spencer at nine. You've got no Barrett. It is a different team. It's probably not quite got the clear identity that the old Saracens team had. Yeah. They were always going to just beat you up. They were going to overpower you. Um, do you think, here's a question, do you think there was a bit of a knock-on from the news surrounding Mark McCall from last week? Stepping away due to health reasons? Yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? I mean, that, that, that does affect teams, especially someone that's been there for so long. You know, might have had the opposite effect where they might, you know, go out and win it for Mark or whatever. But yeah, I mean, playing well, aren't they? So it all all seemed quite sudden. The whole Mark McCall thing out of nowhere, didn't it? It hasn't really been listed about, you know, what um, what what's the matter of him and how long he's going to be away for. But you know, we we do wish him a speedy recovery. Nobody likes to see the. Anybody stepping away for for medical reasons, especially through choice, that's, there's obviously yeah. something, there's obviously something going on there. Um, I mean, nobody wants to listen to us whittle away as a twosome for too long, Ben. But um, obviously, this weekend sees the start of the Six Nations. Uh, England travel to Scotland at uh, four forty-five on Saturday evening. Um, some COVID-related absences now. Joe Marchant is out of the weekend. Uh, Tommy Freeman's got a hamstring injury as well, so he won't be travelling. Um, we went through the the England squad last week, what, who we thought our uh, our team would be, and I actually picked Marchant at 13. So it could, it could, you know, if Eddie was thinking along the same lines as I was, could force his hand a little bit. Um, 
maybe by picking someone like Atkinson at 12 and Slade at 13. You were there anyway, weren't you? Yeah, that's what I was picking anyway. I mean, it's it looks the most likely pairing now. Um, the only thing you could say is, is he, is he picked daily to, to pick him, if you see what I mean? Is he, you know, he's brought an experienced player in, maybe he'll play him and he, you, I suppose you could play him at uh, 13 and, and Slade at 12. I wouldn't do that myself. It's still a bit lightweight. I, I'd go with what I said last week. But I, I, I don't know. It doesn't... They're good players, but it doesn't fill you with a huge amount of overconfidence. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I like the idea of Don Brandt, Curry and Laws. I think that would work. Um in the back row and the, the front five's pretty settled, I guess. Um, but it's it's not the most terrifying England team I've ever seen. No, I'd be in agreement with that. It's it's always it's always hard when you're struggling to find out or you're struggling to think where you're going to get over the gain line um, in, to make those hard yards, isn't it? Obviously, Don Brandt will do that job. Um I mean, it's a bit of a throwback, isn't it? I mean, how many years were we going, you know, were we going, what is England's best centre pairing? And we were picking, you know, random rugby league players who I can't pronounce out of nowhere. And, um, you know, it was it was real mix and match for five, six, seven years. Um, you know, and, and it is through injury this time, but it does feel a little bit like one of those teams that's kind of got a bit of a hole in the middle. Having said that, you know, Atkinson's a, a good player. Um you know, he could play out of his skin. So we'll see. Yeah. It, it just, the thought of Mark Atkinson playing 12 for England completely and utterly underwhelms me. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it as such, but there's, a, there's nothing to get excited by. Is there? It's just like, oh yeah. Who's who's one of the steadiest Premiership twelves that knows how to play twelve and do a job? Like, it's not I mean, one from your international is, twelve, is it? He is a ha- he's a good distributor. You know, really good offloader. He's he's obviously gonna um, run straight as well because he's a big old unit. Um, if Slade plays like he did against South Africa, then we're in business. Because they could um, go Slade and Northmore. He could pick Northmore as a thirteen. Do you, do you think that him that Slade, not so much this year, but he's quite used to playing with Devoto? Yeah. So well, he plays. So Slade plays thirteen either outside of one of Devoto, Witten, or Hendrickson. Yeah. So that's kind of playing to what he's used to, and I yeah. would say of of the three. Atkinson's probably closest to Devoto, um, you know, tall, but big. Yeah. Um, so, and, and also Smith is used to, you know, we, we covered it quite a lot of depth last week. Smith's used to having a big unit outside him as well. So it, it kind of makes sense. And and I think, yeah, you're right. It's not as exciting as having two Alagi there and, or, or, you know, but at the same time, he's not let to, Gloucester down at any point so no and, and there really isn't anyone else I mean obviously Atkinson is is in the squad but when you look at it when you look across the premiership stuff there really there isn't really 
anyone else that, that could do that job. I mean, Sam James, possibly, could yeah. do something like that. I mean, um, he could, but, but the, could, but the, he's not, he's not really had cupboard, a look at him, is he? No, but the cupboards are fairly bare as far as a direct running 12 go, aren't they? Yeah, I think so, really. Well, you know, Tuolagi's injured. Um, I mean, we've mentioned the Exeter players. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Hendrickson's nowhere near the level, but he is, he's a big lump at 12, isn't he? Should should probably have kept Redpath sweet. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, Um, But yeah, like like you say, there isn't a, you know, and Esther Heisen sat sat there waiting for us to to pick him out of nowhere. No. So, um, we, I can't remember if it was us talking about it last week. It was, I think, when we were talking about the sort of utility back sort of fashion yeah. that England's yeah. got. And um, I don't know. I think if you if you look at a lot of other teams, they they don't have that. Um, you know, say Ringrose is easily identifiable as a th- as a thirteen, and yeah, Aki is easily identifiable as a twelve, and um, I think a lot of other teams have the same. Um, you know, they're at least identifiable as a centre rather than oh, he could yeah. could do a job on the wing, could do a job at ten, could do a job at fullback. I don't think you'd put um, uh, you know. Uh, Dialende at ten. No, or on the or back. Yeah, but, you would but you wouldn't, would you? Because he no. just wouldn't have the impact. And that's the point, I guess. That you know, it's we've got a lot of players that can do a number of jobs adequately well. It's it's almost like they've they've taken the sort of um, You know, it used to be that every single English centre just ran straight into a brick wall. Yeah, it's almost like they've they've taken on the you know as their youngsters coming through, they've tried to upskill them so they can do a bit of everything. But they've they've picked the, the it, it, you almost think they've picked the players to upskill that are easy to upskill. So the, yeah. all the ones that have played ten or fifteen at some stage. Yeah. So there is play twelve. Yeah, there isn't the just the big unit that's been launched in a straight line every time anymore because it's like, oh, well, we we can't we can't turn him into an all courts rugby player. We'll stick him at six. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I remember when I first started playing and being a sort of a footballer coming into rugby as a sort of an under fourteen, under fifteen. You know, play at school, but never really. Oh yeah, so you play football? Okay, you you could play fullback. You play fullback because mm-hmm. you can catch, you can kick, kick. yeah. And then, and then you, I don't from know. Fullback, I've ended up there. From fullback, you then like the evolution of a fullback is if you if you then show a little bit more aptitude, you know, you you often end up filling in at ten because you can catch and you can kick. And then you know if you can catch and kick and you can run, then you go oh well you know you can play at ten, you can play at fullback, or you could probably you probably do a job at twelve as well. Mm. And then you just spend your life rotating around those three positions wherever there's a wherever there's a space. Yeah, now I think about it, I wonder if the fashion for big wingers is something to do with that as well. It's like it's like you can run hard and straight, but you haven't got the best ball skills. Yeah. You know, all right, well we'll we'll 
we'll get it to you on the wing and, and you can go and do through. some damage. Yeah. Uh, rather than perhaps playing them at 12 like we used to. I don't know. Oh, that's that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like we used to, we went through that, that like you used to be able to stand. If you, if you stood 15 people in a line, you'd be able to go, yeah, prop, prop, second row, second row, number eight, back row, back row. You know, the back, the back with the broken nose is the twelve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the back that's the same size as the, as the seven is yeah. the twelve. Um, then you've got the smallest man on the pitch is the nine. Whoever runs, whoever's the 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 you you have a short one that's really fast, and you always have a, a tall, lanky one who was really fast. And then you have someone that that is usually semi good looking to play thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know somebody who can run a bit at 15 and that was kind of it like or, you'd, you'd or pick one them, of us or one of us that's right yeah <laughs> you'd, you'd pick them almost on 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 body types and you just look at me go yep away you go but i mean those those days are long gone um we've digressed a touch who um how do you see it going saturday it's looking like it's going to be pretty windy at murrayfield sort of 40 50 mile an hour gusts um which might whip around the stadium somewhat, although having seen some of the photographs of Scotland after some of the storms at the weekend, most of it is flat anyway. Yeah. Um, um, my gut is Scotland might sneak it, but the weather like that will make it a bit of a lottery anyway. Uh, you think England's pack might get on top? Hopefully. Um, so I think the worse the weather, the better for England. And, and if it is um if it is in a in a gale and a and a thunderstorm i'll probably be quite looking forward to watching steward yeah as as will we all um the other games uh wales go to ireland um the bookies don't seem to be giving the welsh too much hope um going to the aviva um is there anything you want to say about wales versus ireland i i would say ireland Wales or Wales Island, whichever way round it is in a given year, is usually one of the best one of the best games of the tournament. Um, so it'd definitely be, be worth watching. I think everyone's seen Leinster, everyone's seen Munster, um, so Wales going to be up against it. But you know, they always seem to pull. It's, a it's different. From it's, it's different, isn't it? Like you, you watch those. I mean, Cardiff beat Leinster in the. Pro 14 or whatever it is the um, this weekend, um, but you think that um, you think when those teams get together in the red and the green, it, it is often different, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're so. com- they're completely different proposition, and you know we watched them in the autumn, and as much as we complain about Welsh rugby fans on Twitter, the team has got some fine players in it you know especially yeah. in that row and and the back three of the backs and bigger gives you a chance um but you know you've got to make ireland favorites um it, you know even whatever the weather conditions i mean i think you're probably going to ask about sunday and i was going to mention it yeah um uh, i mean i'm going to shock you, think... you. <laughs> i'm going to shock you i like france yeah, I think France might beat Italy. Well, I wonder if we're going to see a, a an experimental French side 
on Sunday. I, I mean, they have got everything in that squad. They are I, form, on paper. They are formidable. And England I, go to France in the last in the last round. And if it gets that far, that it could be a championship decider, then we could have an absolute cracker on our hands. Well, yeah. Um, um, I, but they're delicious, aren't they? I don't think they're going to do anything other than put their best team out. Because they've got, they've got Ireland next week. So give everyone a run. Um, you might start taking players off at half-time. Um, but I think they will go pretty hard at Italy. Um, Untamak at 10 or Untamak at 12? Well, I mean, I think you've got to pay him at 10, haven't you? After, well, after the last time he played? Yeah, but then obviously they've got Jalibert as well. Um, and you think, you know, what, what are they going to do? It's, it's interesting. Like, I, I think we might see an experimental French team against Italy. Um, and... You know they'll be they'll be super pumped and ready for Ireland. That's for certain. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that'll be. Uh, I mean, that'll be the game of next week for sure. I mean, Italy, England away <laughs> on Sunday. You know that's going to be. I, 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 you can predict that game now. It will be grim to watch, and England yeah. will probably score two late tries and win by about fifteen points. Yeah, or, or or it'll be like you say, they'll flatter themselves. They'll they'll win by they'll win by twenty five, but it'll be two tries in the last five minutes. That yeah, make it there'll, look comfortable. There'll be there'll be some reason that in in the two podcasts we might do in two weeks, we'll be complaining about England being uh, dragged down to to Italy's level and and not being as good as as they should be and. Um, it's, it's pretty predictable. It's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> pred- England, Italy is, is the same almost every year, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Let's move on. Um, have you got any other business this week? Um, just a, a, just a, a, a very quick one. Uh, I couldn't come and watch Russ's comeback because I was doing a bit of a walk charity. It's my uh, friend's charity from work. Um, I have already tweeted a link once, but if anyone wants to um, just take a quick look and, and see if it's something that interests them, I will tweet it again. Um, and uh, it's a good cause, so just take a look. Cool. Thank you. Um, I am just going to do a quick recommendation. I watched a. Um, there's a couple of things on on Amazon on vid- on the Amazon Prime Video. Um, there's a documentary uh, about Shane Warne. I don't know if anybody's seen it yet. It's really good. Um, of all, like, as a cricketer, even as an Australian, the guy is absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, one of the best there's ever been. And actually, like, when you when you hear about the the, the backstory and all of the other bits and pieces, he's actually like, he's just a serial competitor and a proper winner. And you know, kind of what we all aspire to be to a certain extent. Um, and he's and he's made the best out of literally every ounce of talent he ever had which is which is pretty incredible um and the other thing i watched which has been around for a little while is the um the rescue about the thai uh kids football team oh, yeah. that yeah. they were rescued in the cave mate that is incredible these two 
I mean, I don't want to don't want to spoil it. Obviously, it's news, so it's, it's not a spoiler alert. But like two geezers from who do cave like do cave diving in Wookie Hole and places around Britain, basically coordinating an entire military rescue with the American Special Forces and the just because they've got the the most and and the greatest depth of knowledge in cave diving is is incredible. And then and for those um, kids to survive is fucking yeah, it's amazing. And and then got called a pedo for his trouble, didn't he? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, thanks, thanks, Elon. Oh fucking hell! Who would have thought it? But yeah, just just a couple of, of interesting things to watch. You know, I quite like watching those sorts of documentaries. So uh, not pedo ones, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> just for the record um right we're gonna we're gonna go we've managed to, to string this out for the best part of an hour uh we'll be back next week to have a look back at the six nations games and some premiership stuff don't forget to subscribe and to watch the egg chasers youtube i mean this we've plugged the egg chasers youtube more than we've plugged our own podcast ever i think tonight but make sure if you listen to us and you by some miracle have never heard of the egg chasers and or have, have listened to their stuff or watched their YouTube, make sure you check them out Wednesday night from seven o'clock. Uh, Doug and his team will be producing some excellent rugby content from China rugby club, um, which hopefully for, for Doug's sake uh, and, you know, and, and for, for all of our sakes for regards to a different broadcast for, for rugby. Um, is a real success and you know it's really exciting I, I know that it's been it's been something Doug's wanted to to get involved in and, and do for for himself for a long time so I mean I don't don't let him uh know that I've said this but I, I really wish him all the best and I'm really excited for him because I know how much he's worked for this and and how much he's he's really excited by it so you know a little bit of sentiment for, for Douglas there um, for all of our uh, laddish um, childish banter. Um, we are actually pretty good friends. So I, I am, I am, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for him and yeah, fingers crossed it goes well. Uh, other than that, we will see you next week uh, and enjoy the Six Nations. Go well. Podcast Network.